going on, everybody? Uh, you know, it's Jordan, Big J, John Louis, um, host of the JJ Sports Talk. You know, I got the sweatshirt for the show. Um, I got my boy Kyle Eric with me, man. How you doing, my brother? I'm good. I'm good. You know, plenty of stuff going on this week. Uh, ready to talk about it. So let's go ahead and do it. Yeah, um, I mean, I know your team's uh, playing against the Chicago Bulls right now. They're down by two right now, 34-32. Um, yeah. I think they're playing in Boston right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so uh, I mean, let's dive right into it, man. Um, so uh, without like sugarcoating things, like you know, the news has broken out that Kyrie, um, uh, the, well, first of all, um, Steve Nash is not, is not the head coach anymore. I believe I don't know. I don't think it's official, but I think they're talking about Ime Udoko. Um, is he the head coach officially, or did they? I'm interested to see if they still go that route, though. So yeah, because like Woj said that he's they're finalizing a deal with Ime, but the deal hasn't gone through yet. Um, so I was I think they have an interim, I think, head coach so far until yeah, like, they, they make it. Ron, who's the coach right now? Yeah, who is it? Jock uh Jock Vaughn. He was Steve Nash's like top assistant. Uh, he was he played in the NBA for like Utah some years ago. Got you, got you. Um, so yeah, I mean we have that story to talk about. E May um okay. is potentially gonna be the head coach, but they're kind of having a stall on that. Um Kyrie suspended for five games um due to his I would well, it's say, at least five. At least five um, yeah. and anti-Semitic, uh, I guess Twitter. Um, but let's get right to me and potato of the show. Um, so I know you have your views. I have my views. Um, I, for me, at first uh, when I heard the Kyrie um, made this tweet and then deleted it, um, I was mad because I was like, okay, oh here we go, Kyrie. All over again. And first, it was the the rail was the, the rail was flat. Then it was um, the whole vaccinations issue. Then now it's this. But this is a first kind of like scenario where I stepped back and kind of like not. Def- I mean, I guess I am defending him in this case because I don't think that Kyrie should apologize. Obviously, he didn't say anything bad towards the Jews. He didn't say to the community, to that community. He didn't call them call them names. He he has come out in the press and said that he supports the Jewish community. Um, obviously, he didn't mean to. I guess I don't think his intentions were to, um, you know, hurt the Jewish community. Um, he says he says that, you know, he's a very cultured guy. You know, he's very educated in like what he talks about. Um, but my whole issue is like when it comes to I know we both want to get into like the media realm of sports. And I think me as a media guy, um, I think this case or not case, this story has been um, blown up out of proportion. Um, I have some insiders, like some of my friends who work for like who intern for the Nets and have been around Kyrie and Kevin Durant. And Kyrie has been known as a down to earth kind of guy. Um always you know is a hard worker when he comes into the building um but some people just don't like when he says some things that are okay i would believe or some some things are crazy um but this one i don't know i i feel like people are attacking 
uh, Kyrie in a way that, um, oh, he's anti-Semitic. Oh, he's that. He's that. I don't think he's anti-Semitic because uh, he obviously, yes, the film um, that he promoted, what he didn't promote was about, you know, Jews and like black Jews and how, I mean, they talk about like the Holocaust and I think the film and how like, you know, that transpired. But obviously he, um, he, I think, I feel like he was forced to apologize to, um, from the NBA standpoint. I kind of, I kind of it back to the whole LeBron James shut up and dribble drive or, or shut up and dribble movement where, you know, obviously LeBron has a voice. Kyrie has a voice. Some things Kyrie might say that are are left field um, for, for some people. But personally, I do want to watch the film myself and uh, so I can see where Kyrie's coming from. Like you said prior to the show starting, you said that Kyrie, I think he wanted to highlight one specific aspect of the movie where they're talking about Black ascetic Jews, but he didn't come out and say that. Um, but when Nick, um, I forget his last name, he when he asked um, Kyrie the question, Oh, are you are you promoting this? Um, he was like promoting what? Uh, he was like, oh, you promoted the video uh, on Amazon. On your, he's like, I mean, hey Nick, you are. I mean, you promote things. I mean, why can't I? He's like, no, stop dehumanizing me on here. Like, you know, like so, Kyle. Like, I want to hear your um your view. I know you want to voice it on here. So, what is your whole aspect on the whole Kyrie? situation so my thing with Kyrie is trying to see because I guess I saw a a part of it when he joined the Celtics because you know when he was in Cleveland didn't really pay much attention to him and you know some things that he says you know he has his opinion like you said you know last year when he didn't want to get vaccinated and he made that known you know that 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 was something where I didn't have a problem with him speaking out against that because that was his personal preference. Cool. When he talks about the earth being flat, I may not believe that, but I know people who do believe that. So I understand where he's coming from. Cool. This one seems a little different to me only because, um, with, with what you're seeing in Brooklyn, where you're seeing like uh, Jewish fans going to the games, you know, wearing shirts, almost like protesting Kyrie Irving. Now that becomes uh, on the court issue where, you know, Brooklyn, Joe Sy, those guys have to try to figure out a way to make sure that that doesn't get too ugly. So that's probably what led to a lot of this with Joe Sy you know, coming with those rules for Kyrie to be reinstated and all that kind of stuff. Fine. That's a business trying to cover itself. I get it. Now, if Kyrie posts a link to a movie with his large following, you could basically call that promotion only because you know a lot of his followers, if they see that, they're going to want to tune into it because they'll be like, well, you know, Kyrie's posting this. I kind of want to see what it's all about. And as I said before the show started, so I'll say it again on here. I went on the, like the Anti-Defamation League website, saw some bullet points on the video. And, you know, it's 
it's a film that's you know it has a message with trying to tell like i guess the black people's origin and you know like how they where they come from in terms of you know jesus and all that kind of stuff and then within that there's you know anti-semitism type stuff in references to the holocaust not being real and all this kind of stuff you know quotes that are linked to hitler and all that stuff so it's it's a film that would be considered i wouldn't say divisive but you know it's going to be one of those that gets like big reactions one way or the other you know if you're for the film you understand what's going on in the film that's one thing but there's going to be a lot of people who would be i guess offended some way by it so that's where i see you know all the backlash that Kyrie is getting it's understandable only because we just saw the whole stuff with kanye and how he keeps going you know on with anti-semitic stuff and you know people speaking out against that so with the timing of all this it's it just looked bad now you brought up the whole lebron shut up and dribble thing and you know I'm one of those, because I've said it like on my show, I've done episodes about, you know, athletes should be allowed to use their platform to speak out against stuff. You know, when they had George Floyd and all that, if players were vocal about it, no problem with that, because that's what they should be talking about. And when media people try to tell them, oh, well, you're an athlete and I go to a game to watch you play a sport, not to hear your opinion. That's kind of a problem to me because if if a politician can, you know, speak out against other things other than politics and it seems like it's okay, why does it stop there? And athletes live in the society, so if they have an opinion against something that's going on in the society, they're just a human being like you and me. So what's the difference between me saying something and LeBron or Chris Paul saying something about, so I never understood that. And I love when media people try to push that point and people push back on them right away saying you're dead wrong about that. So, I mean, I heard Stephen A this morning, Stephen A said, you know, Kyrie's a good dude. He, he just kind of gets in his own way sometimes because he, he thinks at times that he's like more of an intellect than others. And he can kind of get stubborn when he talks to certain people. And I mean, I can't, I can't be mad at Kyrie if he's, you know, one of those who's always seeking knowledge because technically that's how we should all be. But he had to know that with the subject matter of the film, there would be some backlash. And I think the point he wanted to get across, he probably could have gotten it across without just posting the link to the film. He could have said in his own words, like what he supported. And we probably wouldn't have any of this going on right now. So, so like, um, like a reporter, like asked to Kyrie, um, like, what are your reactions to the backlash of all this? And Kyrie was like, uh, which I will talk about after, um, I say this like so, so Kyrie, he was like, um, so the question was like, hey Kyrie, how do you 
what what were your reactions to um the backlash of like the tweet and everything? Kyrie was like, "Where where were y'all when I was little? When when I was I guess missing like when he was in school of how three hundred million of his ancestors were buried in America. I mean, so he kind of reflect. He kind of like oh with his Native American background. So you see, so he kind of like turned the question back on the reporter, and the reporter was silent. Um, he's like, you know, he's kind of basically saying that like, you know, we've, he's proud of, I mean, I guess our, our culture, African American culture, cause mm-hmm. we've gone through so much. Um, yeah. and obviously, you know, Jews have gone through a lot cause of the Holocaust and, you know, and he gets that. Um, but he was saying how, like, uh, where were y'all when I was in school, when we were taught where we were slightly talked, talked and informed about how we were treated and how we we're ba- we, we buried 300 million of our ancestors on to American soil and nobody like has, you know, of his platform, I, I guess LeBron had brought it up, but um, like, you know, has brought it up. And, but when he posts a tweet, a Twitter about, or tweet about a film that he, I guess, watched and it hurts one part of the community, it's a problem, which, okay, yes. Like I said, the Holocaust was slavery and the Holocaust were two of the most horrific, tragic, you know, instances of not just a na- national history, but global, um, yeah. you know, and I think Kyrie understands that. But I guess his. I guess well, I mean, his, he understands that the film makes it that the Holocaust is being. You know, what's the word? Um, See, that's why I got over. Uh, like almost like they're they're saying like the the numbers to the Holocaust are being inflated to make it seem worse than it actually was. Right. And that's where I had to like watch the film myself to get like, you know, that that aspect of it. I I watched the film, but just speaking of like Kyrie and like how he's like, you know, being I, I mean, I've watched videos on Twitter and Instagram and like he's being bullied by the media. Like, you know, he's here to answer basketball questions that's why he kind of avoided that question from nick like, oh like are you anti-semitic i mean he didn't just come out and say no or yes like he was like no like i'm only here to um to like answer basketball questions once like, again you know, that's at the convenience yeah. of Kyrie. but then again i've seen him do things again. and i've seen him when he's on teams that are struggling they ask him basketball questions and he says he's about more than basketball but then they ask him about stuff outside of basketball, and now he's only about basketball. I mean, I so also say he brings a lot of this on himself. I mean, he does, but I mean, I feel like you know, it's the same. I mean, it, even though it was totally different, you know, aspects of it's the same way as the Con Kaepernick thing. You know, he didn't he knelt down for not because he hated the not because he didn't like he like he lo- he loves America, right? Mm-hmm. Colin knelt for oppression. Freedom yeah. and freedom and justice for all, um, and people were people were mad that you know they didn't see that side of the, the spectrum where oh oh he's not American he's un-American he's kneeling because oh it's it's our right to hold our hand over over our heart which we mm-hmm. are that's the norm right mm-hmm. but when somebody of that stature does that he got he even got approved from a veteran to do it before he even did it. Yeah, you know, but that, that but, thing was used on a political level that I'm sure Colin did not see that coming. 
And I can fully agree with him on that one because when he first did it, I maybe it was naive of me to think that I thought it was just going to be something that, you know, he was going to do, players were going to follow him, and people would be like, oh, okay, whatever. But then when politics inserted itself into Colin's message and then warped it in a way to benefit their political party, then Colin's message got lost in all of that. And it spread like a wildfire and, you know, Kaepernick couldn't really contain it anymore. So that's a little different. Um, that, that was, yeah, because like you said, the people who really understood it, they got what Kaepernick was trying to do. Exactly. It but, was like it was like divided. Like okay, it was like fifty percent agree with him. Because uh, I watched the documentary. Um, I'm not sure if you watched it. Um, Kaepernick in America. Uh, it was like the whole thing of it's like thing that's on um, Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. I watched it at my school. Um, the the director came to the school and like um, of the that film and like you know it was like divided like fifty percent or half the population. Of the nation agreed with Colin Kaepernick. It was basically split along yeah. party lines. You could basically tell Democrat, Republican, kind of which side of the you know of the argument you were going to land on, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, yeah, I mean, but like, I guess at the end of the day, I mean, at the end of the day, Kyrie, I mean, he like he is a person, he is a man. I mean, mm-hmm. I, and I don't feel like the media or anybody should. I mean, obviously, yes, it's it's uh, it could be a controversial post that he tweeted, but but I feel like he shouldn't really have to. I mean, if he really if he wants to stick on it, on his views, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. I mean, but the way that kind of Freddie like kicked me off was comparing it to Miles Leonard because Leonard, yes, he deserved what he got because obviously, yeah, maybe he wasn't. Okay, I'm assuming that maybe he wasn't aware of what the word meant, but I'm pretty sure if he was on Xbox and saying if he was pissed when he said that word, which I'm not going to say on live because you know it's basically saying the N word to Jewish Jewish people, Mm -hmm. but Kyrie didn't come out and say, "Oh, uh, forget the Jews. Oh, I hate the Jews. Oh, y'all are dirty," and he didn't say all that. He just, I guess my, per, I guess my point was, like, he wanted, like, like, like I said in the group chat, he wanted to, and maybe for people who haven't watched the film or maybe who want to watch the film, he put it out there, and like, and like, I, and like we both said, like, he had that platform where, obviously, he has more followers than all of us combined, twenty million, fifty million. Well, we're, of course, everything he's gonna post, even LeBron James, any athlete who has that, like, fi- big figure. Whatever post is going to be since as promotional, but I don't think he promoted it as being a bad like oh like forget the Jews da, 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 this and that this and that. I think his point was he was trying to get a point across where you know um, trying to get his point across. But I guess my issue is why aren't people turning their hatred towards Jeff Bezos and Amazon? If they knew, I'm not sure who is in charge of Amazon Prime, like their department, like their who to put on videos. But if Amazon knew that this movie was anti-Semitic or had, you know, information that wasn't really correct, why post it on Amazon for people to watch? That's um, where people are don't are not answering the question there. Like, 
I mean, it's not Kyrie's fault that he promoted it off of a platform that wasn't really, you know. I don't think that matters, really. You don't think it matters? Because technically, to because, me, I mean, that, I mean, that'd be like if I like went they, to a, if I went to a library, right, and I right. walked by a book, and I saw the title of a book, and I knew that if I took that book, I'd probably read some things I wouldn't like. It might offend me. Right, right. I have two choices. I either check out the book or I pass it by. So the library having the book available, it's only because it was produced. And if you want to see it or read it, it's right there for you. Yeah, I think that's why he posted the tweet, I guess, maybe just for that. You know, like it's like a it's like a book out there. I think it was a book and a movie, I think I heard. Yeah, it's a film that's done as an adaptation of a book. Of a book, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, like what you just said, like I feel like he kind of put it out there for people to see. Or don't not want to see, but I feel like the people who don't who haven't seen it. I mean, like me, I, I haven't seen it yet. I want to see it. But I feel like people who are don't really have or educated about why Kyrie posted it, the people who haven't really you know watched it, like you know, or don't really have thoughts of watching it, they're like, oh, Kyrie anti-Semitic. But I don't think he he's not anti-Semitic. He hasn't really came out and called anybody out like specifically of a race or anything like that that I've known him or seen an article about. I don't think he's ever came out and like call some race this or some ethnicity that i mean i feel like he's just proud of you know how far we have gotten as african-americans um obviously but i don't know that 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 game where those the anti-semitic those people came in um like to watch the game i guess i mean they didn't really i mean they just were i mean obviously they were they were mad but at the end of the day Kyrie whenever they're saying, I'm sorry, like, you didn't, you know, they're in, like, you know, maybe after the game kind of apologized, shook their hands, I think, but I saw, like, a video where they came up to him, and Kyrie was like, I'm sorry, like, I didn't mean to offend offend y'all, which he really didn't. It, it's, like, the same thing, like, if, um, like... But if the subject it, matter of the film... Like, if he, uh... Anti-Semitic like, stuff... Like, if he it, posted, like, the... Jeff, like, like, just hypothetically, if he, if he posted the film about, or definitely about... Dahmer, right? Jeffrey mm-hmm. Dahmer, right? And had no context. I don't, he's not supporting Dahmer, right? He's people. He's getting people educated on the the matter because that situation that was so messed up. What Dahmer did, but say if he posts something about Dahmer, it didn't have any context. Not saying that he he's not he's not supporting him, but I think he's making it more like educational. Over like, hey, if you want to watch this film. About Dahmer, watch it. If not, don't. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you don't watch this, Hebrews to uh, I think uh, uh, Hebrews to Negroes. That's what the movie is. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if you want to watch that that movie, watch it. If you Dan, if you do, Dan, if you don't. Um, and I feel like I feel like we are we are all we, we are all getting fed into this thing where you know we are just we are obviously he's getting paid to play ball. Um, he's getting paid to you know play the game. Um, but like, but the only thing, like, like, like they said, maybe the timing was what the only thing that, you know, I discredit Kyrie for is the timing, like you said, and the fact that maybe the way he kind of like went about it, um, like you said, he could have, you maybe like, you know, highlighted one part of the film, like you mentioned, um, when we, before we got onto the show, um, about the black, the black Jews, but, um, maybe it was it kind of what it kind of wasn't awkward timing in the sense where like he did kind of like you know talk about 
the film and post it. Um, but I mean, what I mean, what I mean, I feel like he's being forced to apologize. Um, I feel like that statement that he put out on Instagram wasn't really him. I think it was a PR team that kind of like, you know, hey, Kyrie, in order for you to like, like this, this is like how the NFL Nobody's falling for that apology either. Because I mean, I'm not, I mean, I mean, I. As I look into it more, I mean, I really see what, where Kyrie's coming from in some ways. Being an African American, relating to that that culture, um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone's falling for that. It's just kind of like the NBA is like, you know, like you know how the NFL has like protect the shield, right? I mean, the NBA has done a the NBA has done a good job with you know. African Americans, other cultures, like speaking out against, like they, you had in his cancer about the Turkish, um, you know, war going on and stuff. So the NBA has done a good job with giving players their voices and you know the platforms to speak up. And compared to the NFL, but I just feel like you know, I mean, I can read you like, I mean, you, I mean, you, you probably seen it, but like the things that Kyrie has to do, I mean, public statement recognizing the film was anti-Semitic. Um, that's the one one thing. Apology for supporting the film and. Falsehoods within training sessions on the Granger's of hate speech, which I don't agree on because he didn't really hate, he didn't really have any hate speech. I mean, I don't think he said anything hateful to him, but but it's not like he said it out of his mouth, though. That's what I'm saying. Like, he doesn't, it's not like, well, yes, it does he, have the, he just posted that's where he gets in trouble. All he, it's very simple to get around all of this. If Kyrie tweeted out, you know, I checked out this film the other day. And I found it interesting, though controversial or something. Fine. But him just posting it and then kind of stepping away from it makes it look worse. And as Dylan said, on the back of the couple of week run that we've seen Kanye West go on, where he's just constantly, the minute he's in front of a camera and a microphone, just doubling down on his own opinions, I'll say, that have gotten him into a lot of trouble. And then almost when that seemed like it was kind of dying down, Kyrie comes out of the woodwork with this. And it'd be one thing if it was a movie that was just released and he posted it. I could probably give him the benefit of the doubt with that one. This movie came out four years ago. So... Either he was seeking it out, or maybe somebody passed it on to him and he checked it out or whatever. But th- there was a there's definitely a different way that he could have, I don't know, highlighted the movie without doing it the way that he did. And and I think that's the big issue. And even with the list of things, I think that kind of goes to Joe Sai, who against Adam Silver's wishes, because Adam Silver wanted Joe Sidas to suspend Kyrie Irving way before today or yesterday. I think Joe Sai wanted to give Kyrie a chance to, if you want to get educated, then let's get educated. You know, Joe Sai, I guess, has, he's a worker with the Anti-Defamation League in all of this. So if Kyrie was open to it, he could have gotten him in front of some Jewish leaders or whatever. Kyrie and them could talk it out. Fine. We're done with all this. But the fact that Kyrie stopped answering Josiah's text and all that, 
that's what led Josiah to actually suspending him eventually. So, I, I mean, I don't know if there was any good way for Kyrie Irving to come out of this. I don't know necessarily how much he, I don't say cares about it, but how much he may think he's actually wrong in all of this. I don't know. But I don't have an issue with the Nets suspending him. I don't have an issue with them coming up with some guidelines for him to be reinstated. I mean, I mean, but like, where? I mean, I do agree with what you're saying, but like, what is like, where does like, what's the point of having freedom and peace if you're if you're just going to be shunned out? <laughs> like, that's my well, thing. Like, I mean, I mean it, obviously, it, he has the freedom to post it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he has the freedom to post it. But I'm saying it doesn't say anywhere that you can't get in trouble for freedom of speech. Yeah. I mean, I mean you're free oh. to say whatever you want. That doesn't mean you can't, you won't offend anybody. That's right. where it's a little different. See, I, like, I'm, have like, your... yeah, like, I've been on Twitter, yeah. Facebook, Instagram, and I've seen like mixed, like mixed views on this. Like, cause like I said, you can take it from any angle you want to. Like, just like you can come at it from like, you know, our side as being well, African-Americans, you can come at it from different, yeah. different, different shots at it. But like, I mean, I don't know. Well, I, that'd be any issue. Any issue you go online, you'll see 30 different viewpoints on it. That's just society. Um, I think even in this, it's just that as African-Americans, it's documented, you know, the struggles that, you know, people have gone through, going through, will continue to go through. And for the Jewish people, it's been documented as well, the same type of fight. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's probably the maybe that maybe that's the biggest issue here is that the group that he chose to go at was the Jewish community, and maybe that's why it caused such a bigger uh, eruption of emotions, you know, publicly. I mean, if he had posted something that was like anti-white, would it have gotten this big of a? reaction like anti-american white whatever maybe not but i don't know that that's probably an interesting question like if it was another group how big of a deal would it have been i don't know only because jewish and black people their histories are kind of seen as similar maybe that's why i, I don't know it's it's i don't know it, it it's just crazy to me. So this because... is the same from like this is the same from from Kyrie. He was like, uh, I think it was okay. Thursday or the other day. Uh, I think it was Thursday. So he was like, I oppose all forms of hatred and oppression, and stand okay. strong with communities that are marginalized and impacted every day. I am aware of this negative impact of my post towards the Jewish community, and I take responsibility. I do not believe everything said in the documentary as was true or reflects my morals or principles. I am a human being learned. I am a human being learning from all walks of life. Or I'm a, I'm sorry, I'm a human being um, learning from all walks of life, and I intend to do so with an open mind and a willingness to listen. So for my family, and I, we meant to no harm to any one group, race, or religion of people, and wish to only be a beacon of truth and light. Um, 
I mean, so the Adam Silver came out. He was like, Harry made it a reckless decision to post a link to a film containing deeply offensive anti-Semitic material. While we appreciate the fact that he agreed to work with Brooklyn Nets in the anti-defamation league, like you said, to, to combat anti-Semitism and other forms of discrimination, I am disappointed that he has not offered an unqualified apology. Um, uh, apology and more specifically denounced the vile and harmful content contained in the film he chose to publicize. I'll be meeting with him, uh, Kyrie, in person the next week to discuss the situation. Um, so, like he said, so when he met on Thursday with the media, um, I think after the whole Nick conversation, they kind of took him out the press, but obviously in the news, he's not going to, you know, still a hot topic in the news. So he's like, so I'm not here to compare anyone's atrocities or tragic events their families have dealt with generations of times. I mean, said, I'm just here to continue to expose things that our outwork continues to put in darkness. I mean, I'm a light. I'm a beacon of light. That's what I am. I'm here to do. Um, you asked me a question about basketball. I give you my expert opinion. You guys asked me about other things. I give you my opinion and it's met with whatever you believe the perception of the deception is. You guys investigate my life every day, and you know just to justify it by serving your own purpose, which I honor. I would not like the same effect in return. So it's like, yeah, I mean, he, like, like hearing him, and then hearing, you know, Adam. Obviously, see, I didn't know Adam was Jewish until he mm -hmm. told me. I didn't, so I can see why he's very disappointed. But, um, I mean, he, I, in a way, like he didn't really apologize, but he did. He did kind of apologize. He was like, "Oh, I, I'm not really, I'm not really, like in his like apology, like he said that okay, I'm not, I'm all, I'm for all races. I'm, I'm, uh, I am open to learn about, um, you know, other communities. So I'm interested to see once he meets with like you know, the Jewish community, how people will and if they accept Kyrie, um, for you know." For saying his piece, and then, and then Kyrie hearing the Jewish community's piece, and they're saying, "I wonder what people are going to say." Oh, okay. Oh, is this okay? Like, oh, this is fine now. They, the community accepts Kyrie. I mean, I wonder what the people are going to say that are, you know, that were against Kyrie, knowing that it hit that community specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, which I don't think he meant. His intentions weren't to harm the community. That community, it was meant to like you know bring light to a situation where black people are kind of afraid to speak up about these things because you know obviously it's kind of a sensitive kind of you know thing to talk about um but i mean i know we're this is this, this is a conversation i i like this back and forth conversation because like this, this one needs to happen in like you know in society you know what i'm saying um how we can have your views have my views um but I, like i don't want to hog the show with Kyrie. i know ben simmons is uh, is hurt. I think he has what, like a, I think a sore knee, I think, or something like that. I heard. Yeah, he had an MRI done, and nothing structurally or anything like that's wrong with the knee. So I guess it's more of a discomfort thing with him right now. And it's interesting because when he went to Brooklyn, I feared that something like this could happen, where the structure of Brooklyn is breaking down in a way that. I don't think Ben Simmons is going to feel welcome there. And I wonder if he's going to start using this knee as a way to miss games now. Because when I heard that Philly was going to move him, I said the best place for him to go would be Golden State. 
or a team like that where he could go there, be like the fifth guy. Nobody would care what he does. Problem is in Brooklyn, he's supposed to be part of a big three. So now every night when we see him and he scores like six points, he becomes the story. Mm -hmm. And for somebody who people want to label as soft mentally, that's the worst place to be in because now he's going to start questioning himself all the time. And, and I, and I, I honestly believe I wouldn't be surprised if by the trade deadline, we start hearing rumors about Brooklyn wanting to move him. And then who knows where the Ben Simmons story is going to go after that. It's a whole mess. And, Adding that into all this just makes it seem like, you know, how did Brooklyn become the cent- the center point for all the drama in the NBA? Well, I mean, there's some other drama out there, and, you know, Miles Bridges and all that, but Brooklyn has enough drama to last like a decade. It is all happening in one season. I don't know how they get out of it. Yeah, and then just announced that um I think Nike has suspended uh Kyrie's you know shoe. I think that so, naturally was gonna be the next step. Yeah. So I, I don't think he's like off the. He's not really off the. He's just suspended. I guess for now. I, I was just on Twitter and Instagram just looking at the, the news. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you know, like you know, I'll, like well, they're probably sitting back wanting to see what Kyrie Irving's next step will be before they completely cut ties with them. That's going to be crazy. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, like you said, like, you know, Ben, you know, he hasn't really – I mean, he still hasn't really been himself, you know, still afraid to go to the bucket, um, still afraid to – I know that one game I think they played um, the Pistons like, like last Saturday when he had to layup, pass the layup out. To uh, I think uh, to, I think the Kyrie and and he had an open lane to the basket. Um, and, it's a mental uh, block with him for sure. Yeah, and it, when people ask me if like, hey Jordan, are you surprised that Steve Nash is not the coach? I mean, yes, he had a winning record, um, but I'm not surprised he's he's gone because like he's he, I mean, obviously due to injury, it wasn't really his fault because you know KD was I think coming recovering from that Achilles I think from that year he tore the Achilles against the. Uh, when yeah. he was in the Warriors yeah, against Toronto, so he was, you know, I mean, that wasn't Steve Nash's fault. I mean, I mean, but when all healthy, sometimes I think they played 14 games together as a whole. Um, so uh, this effect that you know they brought in Kyrie, Harden, and and KD to win championships—that was a goal. Mm-hmm. Um, they hired. I mean, there, there's other qualified candidates out there other than Steve Nash. I know he was a player, a player coach. He he played in the league for was a good player, but I don't think he was qualified to um be a coach of the Nets. Uh, I think there was a, but like you said on the big three podcast, like Kyrie and Katie said that we can I mean we don't need Steve Nash. We can we can uh coach coach ourselves, you know what I'm saying? Right. And um there was a sense that in, in the offseason, KD wanted it was either hey, you ship like you you ship me out or it's Steve Nash. Yep. You know what I'm saying? KD didn't really want Steve Nash. I mean, to be there anymore. So I mean, but now they're apparently going to hire Ime Uduko as as the new head coach, and he has more problems to adding to the Kyrie, the Ben Simmons, 
Uh, I still want to see if they actually hire him now. Yeah, because I mean, it's interesting to see because he's not really, they haven't really said it's official yet. So they're saying that he, they're finalizing a deal. I saw they're mm-hmm. kind of like talking, I guess. So I guess they want to see what happens with the whole. I mean, I'm, are you still investigating him, Celtic wise? Are they still like internally investigating? Is it over? No, they, the Celtics figured out what they needed to figure out. He's never, he would never coach there again anyway. Yeah. Um, I, I, they told him if an opportunity arises, we are not going to hold you back. And, it's I don't know. Brooklyn needs good press right now. They do. Uh, if they hire Ime, that's just more drama bringing into it. So, so you think as a Celtics fan, like that's not that means even more bad press for the team as good. Yeah, because yeah. if Brooklyn hires him, first question people are gonna want to know is like, so did all the female, did all the women employees agree to this? Did you ask them? What do they feel? Is Ime going to answer those questions? If they ask KD that question, is he going to answer it? No. If I were Brooklyn, I'd probably let Jock Vaughn coach the season, let it play out, and then next year, if you have to clean house, what that means, well, Kyrie's deal would be up. You let him go. You figure out what to do with Ben Simmons. You get a new coach then, and then you bring in a guy who – doesn't have baggage with him. Can't have any of that because Brooklyn from this point forward needs to be drama free. Whatever it takes to get there, that's what you got to do. So whether that's hiring, I know everybody wants Mark Jackson. Sure. Go with Mark Jackson. <laughs> if you have to get, um, like who are the, like who are the other coaches like on I'm the market? Another, like Quinn Snyder. Quinn Snyder is out there. I mean, he's he's a good coach, I, I will say. Um, he probably is the type where I don't know if he could handle multiple big-time personalities, which is what we yeah. saw with Steve Nash. If Steve Nash was going to coach, he should coach a team like Oklahoma City. Yeah, some of the young players. Or like Orlando Magic. Or like Orlando Magic. Yeah. And then they got Boncaro. They have, you know, Jalen yeah. Suggs, for sure. They, no, I'm sorry. They they, they beat the Warriors by one point. Yeah, last night. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. I mean, I don't think Nash. I mean, I like Steve Nash. Nash was I mean, never going to survive in Brooklyn. He was. Never. He wasn't. He wasn't with KD's like you know ego, Kyrie's yeah. you know his antics, um, and you know Ben Simmons. I mean, they couldn't. When they had Harden, Harden, they couldn't. I mean, obviously injuries, like I said, was a were a big factor. But when they were all healthy, I mean, they couldn't really like get that chemistry going. And like, it, it wasn't that wasn't doesn't really fall on Nash because, like, you know, we, we I guess it kind of it does in a sense, like, but injury wise, you can't Nash couldn't deal with that. But when they're when when they're all together on the court, they just couldn't you know figure it out. And they were. The whole reason why they brought those kind of egos onto the court was that it thought he thought that it was gonna you know work in getting them a championship and obviously it didn't. Um. So, but I do agree. You make a good point saying how Steve Nash he should coach again, but he should coach a team that's like you know like the like the Toronto Raptors or like the Magic or like yeah. um the Kings. Um. Yeah. Yep. You know, so a team that's 
kind of established, but you know, kind of on a rebuild. Um, maybe it would have been better if the Nets would have, you know, clean house before Nets. The Nets, you know, yes, uh, that's what they should have. But done. now they they brought in a, a a player coach. I know Stephen A. kind of endorsed the fact that you know he, he shouldn't have been a coach in the first place because like there was other talented, more qualified coaches at the time of Nets hiring. Nets thought it was cute that Nets was a player back in the day. Yep. That he, I mean, obviously, yeah, he has that IQ of a player, but I mean, KD and Kyrie had the IQ of a player too. Mm-hmm. So I mean, they they could coach the team as well. Um, so obviously, Nets has been 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 in the league for that. But yeah, I mean, I might know Stephen A. said that, but I mean, I'm never against. I think I think he's more guy getting an opportunity. I think he was favoring like I think. At that time, I think he was favoring like the African American community, like of coaches, like yeah, yeah. You know, why, why would you hire a white a white guy like Nash over a Mark Jackson or over like you know a Monty Williams or over someone who's been coaching for several years? Um, but they, like it, like the Nets thought it was cute to hire Nash, it just didn't work out. Um, so now he's out. Uh, they're two and six. Um, so I guess my next question, I guess, into the NBA is, um, like, what are the, like, for you, like, what are the most, like, surprising teams that you've seen thus far, winning-wise and losing-wise? Uh, I mean, most surprising team probably would be, like, Utah, because, you know, Utah got rid of Gobert, got rid of Donovan Mitchell, everybody thought, oh, they're clearly tanking. But they actually got some pieces in return that you can work with. So, yeah, they, they probably would love to tank. But I, I can appreciate their start to the season and how well they played. On the other side, huh. I mean, that's interesting only because I've never been a believer in Brooklyn working. I don't know if I thought it'd get this bad. Um, the Lakers, I mean, I've talked about how I didn't like the fit of their roster, so it doesn't really surprise me that they struggled. Mm-hmm. I guess I'll say Brooklyn. I mean, I mean all, all this drama, you know, that, that has to be surprising about – how much could go wrong with one organization? And it just seems like that where they could benefit from just one person being able to, you know, get everybody in a room, talk it out, or have some type of direction. It just seems like there's no direction right now with Brooklyn. You know, they they get Durant, he's hurt. Durant wants Kyrie, they get Kyrie. Then it's like they don't like having Kyrie there because he his play has dipped, I will say. You know, that, that playoff series against the Celtics where they got swept, you know, a lot of people put a lot of attention on Durant where if you watch that series, Kyrie quit on that series after game one. And I'm not afraid to say that because – he played game one. He had a good first half, and he started getting into it with Celtics fans, you know, rubbing it in their face, 
because he didn't like the way that, you know, he didn't like the fact that he lied to Celtics fans and then they had the nerve to boo him when he went back there, which is one of the things about Kyrie that I, I don't like about him. Like, he, he he goes to an event, tells Celtics fans, oh, I'll be here for the next whatever years. And then the very next All-Star break, you were seen talking to Kevin Durant, making plans on playing together. And then when Celtics media asked you about it, you didn't want to talk about it. But whatever. So when they lost game one on that buzzer beater by Jason Tatum, mm. Kyrie checked out of that series. And Durant felt like he had to take so much on himself that he struggled. But for some reason, everybody came down on Durant. So now you take that with the whole James Harden saga. They bring him there. Within like a week, James Harden's like, yeah, I'm not feeling this because Kyrie Irving's a part-time player. And it's just continued into this season. It'll probably go all this season. If they make the playoffs, it's going to be a playoff issue because we're going to have to see, will Kyrie have a good playoff series or not? Will Durant struggle again? I and It's just, I don't know. Because now they're talking about how Joe Sy is kind of over Kyrie, which I don't blame him. Because as talented as Kyrie is on the court, it seems like with each passing day, it seems like it's less and less worth it to have him on your team. And he's only played over 60 games like four times in his career. Mm -hmm. So at a certain point, it's like, why do we do this to ourselves? Right. Um, I know I know KD, I think at Tutoround, um said that, uh, just sticking with the Nets, just, yeah. um, I, um, so like, so Thursday, I think, or today, I think, and then he clarified on Twitter, so – a statement around shit around. He was like, and I quote, mm-hmm. I, I ain't here to judge. Oh, this is KD, not Kirk. Yeah. Uh, KD, I ain't here to judge nobody or talk down on nobody for how they feel, their view or anything. Uh, I just didn't like anything that went on. I feel like it was all unnecessary. I feel like we could have just kept playing basketball and kept quiet as, a, as an organization. I just don't like none of it. But then I guess fans were kind of like, okay. So Durant kind of clarified on Twitter saying that just I just want to clarify the statements I made at around. I, I see some people are confused. I don't condone hate speech or anti-feminism. I sent se- feminism. I'm about to I'm, I'm about to bring love always. Our game unites people, and I want to make sure that's at the forefront. And then Katie continued in the article, and I quote, um, it's just the way the NBA is right right now. Um Media, like I said, I mean, media, there's so many outlets now and stories that hit pretty fast now because we're in a world of technology where we don't get our news from just a newspaper back in the day. Usually back in the day, we used to get a newspaper or if our sports info from a, a sports article or sports, you know, uh, section. Now we have it on our phones, ESPN, Bitch Report, um, you know, um, other, other form. Um, so he was saying how, and media, there's so many outlets now, and stories hit pretty fast now. That's where all the chaos is coming from. Everybody's opinion. Everybody has an opinion on the situation, and we're hearing it nonstop. But once the balls start uh, bouncing and we get into the pra- practice, none of that stuff seeps into the gym. So that's the cool part about it, being in the gym. But once you step out of the court, everybody's got the microphones out, microscopes looking at you, um, asking you what you feel about it. So that's been difficult, but the game is a constant, is constant for us. So 
I mean, I could, I can't even imagine how being a player in that organization, like you know, playing basketball, playing these games, going on the road, traveling, playing ball, playing just sucks on ball. Then on the court, it's all about basketball, but off the court, it's all this distraction about you know, microphones in your face, this and that. How do you feel about Kyrie? KD, what's your stuff on this? Oh, now we're gonna bring in Ime Iduko. Uh, how do you feel about him? You know, with this out disorder, da, 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 da. all this news coming in, like, oh, how do you feel about the Nets firing? Da, da, da. It's like that's a cool way to think about things. How like you know, KD's this is important from him because like he sees it. Kyrie, that that's Kyrie's you know point guard. I mean, that's KD's point guard. You know, yeah. what I'm saying obviously he is going through it, and he's basically saying like you know, remember at practice. You know, focusing on you know playing basketball, none of that stuff matters. But off the court, when we're dealing with you know so many different outlets posting so many different things, hearing so many different ESPN saying one thing, um, one sports podcast saying this thing, one thing is saying Twitter is saying that, Facebook is saying that thing. It's hard to you know follow what's going on, and then you have the microphone in somebody's face. And, you know, Katie's not really, like, you know, he's all for it of Kyrie having a voice. But, obviously, he doesn't want to be – obviously, Katie said he, he really doesn't want to be a part of I don't Kyrie. Blame Kyrie. I, feel, I actually feel bad for Katie and all this. Because I do, I do, too. I know Katie has the whole thing where he has the burner accounts and all that kind of stuff. But I, I feel like for Durant, it's like when basketball season starts – He's a basketball player. He just wants to live his life, go out there, play games, try to win a championship. I'm sure in his mind, if Kyrie wanted to do this, mm-hmm. do it in the offseason. Because if you do it in the offseason, they don't have to ask me about it. Because I'm on the offseason as well. So I'm living my life and you're doing you. Mm-hmm. But you do this during the season when we're teammates. Now I get dragged into it because one – I brought you to Brooklyn. I told them to get you here. They brought you here. And it hasn't worked out. We should have won championships. We haven't even gotten to the finals. And this is going to be a, a season-long issue, at least until you know Kyrie's reinstated and all that kind of stuff. But I, mean, I think I just saw the score flash by, and I think the Nets are winning by like, 30 tonight so I mean I I guess hopefully it's the start of maybe a new beginning for the Nets who knows but but yeah I I could I could fully understand where Katie's probably frustrated by all of this yeah I mean I I mean I feel like you know and also like the organization is kind of like with the whole like you know vaccination and him not playing Um, I think the organization is just tired of I think the league's tired. Fans are tired. Yeah, um, but I mean this 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 instance. I, this is the first time I'm seeing like a split, a split thing of like a split views on Kyrie's this, like this this situation. I like some people think that oh yeah he should apologize. Some some say he well, the vaccination thing was a little divisive well, too. Well, I, I, well, yeah, I'm talking about this like this like whole like you know the Jewish. Yeah. Um, and it's the first time I'm seeing like what Kyrie said in the press and everything like is being like kind of like, split because like I hear half half the Twitter half the people on Twitter and half the people like here are saying yes you should apologize and if you apologize everything would be would all be flowers and peaches right 
But now the other half is saying, oh, he's a man. He's a man. He should own up to what he believes in and doesn't shouldn't have to apologize. He's a man of his word, um, you know, and he should stand, stand, stand ten toes down on his statements, you know. And, and I feel like if he wasn't an NBA player, then people would kind of like, you know, if you if he wasn't NBA, if he wasn't playing in the NBA and he said these things, I don't think fans would be like, obviously they would be like, okay. They they would be split, but they wouldn't be thinking, "Oh, you you getting paid to to play." That's why I say like, "Shut up and dribble." Like, players are paid to play, but they're not. But they they, they can't speak and stay ten tails down on their opinions. So, I mean, but then again, you know, at the end of the day, he is suspended for at least five games. Um, he has to go through talking to Jewish communities, talking to Jewish leaders. Um. I mean, I feel like, you know. Hopefully I mean, he's I, open to that because it seems like. I feel like he is he open wants to it. knowledge and there will be a chance for him to reach out and gain a new perspective. But I feel like he wants I feel like he wants that. I mean, I feel like he's not a person that's like, oh, no, I don't want to talk to these Jews. People. No, he wants to talk. He wants yeah. to talk. Like, that's not a problem, I don't think. And I don't think he meant to hurt that community. Um, but people portray it since so many media outlets are covering this situation right now. They're portraying Kyrie as the villain where, like, you know, he hates his community and so on. And it's not the case. I mean, he has came out in the press and said that he he's, he's all for all races, all walks of life. Um, he's up he's up for learning about different things. Um, he just felt that, you know, maybe even though it was an awkward timing of the post that, Maybe it was that time to come out, but it is kind of fishy how like the whole Kanye thing yeah. and then days after kind of like he made his statements. But I think Kanye's statements is, I mean, he he said, well, I think last year, like twenty nineteen, he said like slavery wasn't a, was a choice. Was a choice not, yeah. So I mean, come on now. Um, <laughs> like as a black person I mean, to say that. Th- that struck me. That, that, my first, that, that was my first strike for Kanye right there off the bat. Um, I, trust I mean, me, Ky- I'm Ky- right there with you. Like Kyrie hasn't said that much to that extent, um, but I mean, I mean, you'd have to be downright like padded room crazy if you're gonna, you know, say those same words as Kanye this day and age. So, right, uh, I give Kyrie credit; he hasn't gone that far. Yes, but. <laughs> I mean, I, I still can't believe, you know, he said that, you know, those years ago. Right. Uh, so, um, I mean, I suppose the Lakers are on a two-game win streak. I think they I think they play tonight um, against uh, – who do they play tonight? I think they play – look at the schedule. I think they play tonight. I think they do. They play the um, the Jazz tonight. Okay. Um, which should be a good game. Um so Lakers are coming in hot. LA is actually a four and a half point favorite um, in that game. So they're the underdog. Um, so I mean, what I've seen in that game, and you know, Darwin Ham is kind of like had an experiment where um, he's using Russell off the bench. Um, Which I said from day one, what they should have done with him. But and there are some cases where Rushbrook has played played with LeBron. I think late uh-huh. in the fourth and third. Um, AD is carrying much of the load. Uh, AD is, you know, grabbing boards, getting dunks, um, blocking shots. 
like as he should. Mm-hmm. Um, but the hero of that game was um Matt Ryan. Um, let's talk about Matt Ryan f- f- for a bit. I mean, he, I think he was a DoorDash Uber driver, worked for a cemetery. Um, mm-hmm. it was on the brinks of like you know not finding a job. Now he lands a spot in the NBA, and he probably makes one of the probably one of the plays of the year. <laughs> we'll see because uh, it's so early in the season. But yeah. I mean that shot where um he like flipped to the corner, hit that game that three to sentiment overtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the hero in that game, um, and they won in overtime the Lakers. So um, this could give a little bit of motivation for the team. Um, now I do think that Miles Turner, um, Buddy Hill t- trade is on the table still. But I mean, hey, if Russell can, you know, he well, I think he got like 18 off the bench, um, like nine rebounds. Um, so I mean, there's lights, there's spurts of uh, play where Russell is playing himself. But yep. obviously, you know, from the start, starting him wasn't really like you know, like you said, like like, like you said several times on podcasts, um, victory podcasts, this podcast. Um, you said that you know, you can't really have LeBron and AD or LeBron and Russell at the same time playing because yep. they're both ball dominant players. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, for instances where I've seen Russell and LeBron play, especially the last game, I mean, they, they play well. I mean, yep. Russell defend the ball well. LeBron, you know, uh, they're going on on the transition offensive of fast breaks. Um, getting out in open field, um, and you know, um, obviously, you know, there's they gotta work, work on the shooting more. But I mean, if the, the Lakers can are able to, to, I mean, I think what they're one of the top, well, like defending teams, right? Like on on that side of the ball, because they, they, they do I defend so. well. I think so. Um, but on the other side of the ball, obviously, the the shooting is not that good, obviously. But um, if you can defend and like create plays. From the defensive side, that can create offensive plays for your mm-hmm. team that that works like. So, um, will that number that? stay that way though? That's it. Yeah, that's the only thing. That's, like, that's where be I, the issue. That, that's where I see that Miles Turner, maybe Buddy Hill, Trey is still on the table. Yeah. Um, but we'll see how like you know these first few games go with Russ off the bench because like the the first two games, I mean, he was going off like you know eighteen points here, eighteen mm-hmm. points there, nine point or nine rebounds here. I think he had like six assists in, in that game. So I mean, he's doing things that you know he was he's meant to do. Um, yep. And um, I mean, and right now, it's, I mean, for the Lakers, this it's a decision where um, if they were to make this trade, it would be like because Lakers are there in win now mood with LeBron still on the team. Yep. Um, you know, the Lakers know that LeBron, with age, his championship window is dwindling. Um, because, you know, there's other talented teams coming in to play, like the Grizzlies, um, the Mavs, still the Donches. I mean, I mean, you know, the Warriors are three and six. They, they can, you know, snap out of their streak um, and get hot. Um, the Suns still. Um, so they know they got these teams out here that, you know, have better shooting, have better defense. Um, but, uh, I mean, right now, I mean, a win streak is a win streak. Uh, we'll see if they can win one tonight against the Jazz. I mean, I know, like you said, the Jazz are, you know, they have Lauren Marketing, they have Conley. Um, so, I mean, but they traded their way, their big man, and Gobert. Who's their big man now? Oh, uh, the Jazz. Um, I think 
is it like Jared Vanderbilt? Yeah, who's like six nine? Um, I know he. I know he's on the team. Outside of that, I don't know who their other big men are. Well, Marketing's like six. I think Marketing's bigger than people probably think. I think he's like six ten. Six ten. But he's more of a power forward. So, um, I mean, they they play with a lot of energy because that's basically the only way they can win. And I've I've said teams like that will give the Lakers trouble because the Lakers are an older team. But where the Lakers should be able to, you know, win this game is it's in the paint. Know, yeah, in the paint, die that paint. AD should dominate the paint, and they should be fine. But we'll have to see. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, let me see what other things we have for the NBA. Um, oh, Warriors are the three and six. Um, they lost to the Magic. I mean, I wouldn't be worried about them. You're not worried? No. For them, it's just get to the playoffs at this point. There's no yeah. point in using a bunch of energy early in the season after a long season last year where they won a title. Yeah, just make it through. Right, like if they end right. up like three and fifteen. Yeah, I mean, I think people kind of like overreact. Oh, they're three and seven. Yeah, oh, that's not they're overreacting. But um, all right, so we can transition to some NBA, uh, some MLB talk. I know the MLB World Series. Um, so previews and recaps. I know Houston um, last night um, rallied to a no hit hitter game against um, the Phillies in Game Five. Um, so does this mean that Houston has wrapped this game up, or this series up, or do you think that Phillies have another have some fight in them? Um, because I, I think Verlander is the next pitcher on the mound. I think so. I mean, that's some powerful. I thought, heat. I thought Verlander pitched. Didn't he pitch last night? Did he? Or, let me see. Check my. The I could see he pitched last night. I think he got his first World Series win last night. Um, what's today? Fourth? Did did they play yesterday? Yeah, they played last night. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Verlander. Because I think he went five innings last night. How 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 was the no hitter when it was thirty two? Yeah, I was I was thinking about that. I know the Phillies won the game before was that the seven nothing game, but I don't even feel like that was a no hitter. Let me see there was real quick. The Phillies had the Phillies had nine or they had six hits in game five. Yeah. Um but they said it was, it was a no hitter. What what? Oh man. Unless Verlander had five no hit innings, but I don't even believe that's true. I'm trying to look. Um, I could probably pull it. Looking on my app, let me see. I'll pass this game I will say that the game last night was really good, though. Oh, yeah, it was. That McCormick catch in center field against the offense was 
was a big one. That's going to be one that's going to be remembered for years if the Astros finish it up. Oh, okay, it was game. Oh, it was game four. Um, that was a four, it was five five zero. It was five zero. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Okay. So game three or game four, um, series was tied two two, and the Astros complete a first ever combined no hitter in a World yeah. Series. Yeah. Okay. So it wasn't game four. Okay. So it was a close game. I guess game five. Um, game five. Yeah. Game five was. I think it was three. Last night was three two. Astros win. Um, so right now it's um. Three, three two, two Houston. Houston going back to Houston for game six. Yeah, I picked the no. Astros in six to begin with, so yeah, I did some research. I, 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 it wasn't last night, it was the night before the no hitter. Yeah. Okay, it was combined. Yep, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think the series is over. Over, um, the Phillies, I mean, they, they, they're, they're now in win now mode, obviously, they're behind. Yep. I mean, I know they're another in back in Houston. Um, so is it like two games in Houston, and then it goes back and forth? Like, like or no games six so and games, seven are in Houston. That's that's oh, it. Games six and seven or five and six? You mean? No, they already did five. Oh, um, yeah, six and seven. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, Phillies are. I mean, they got. I think they missed their opportunity. To be honest with you, I think they did too. But I mean, obviously, you know, it's not over until it's over. That's um, true. Obviously, they can have a chance to tie it up. Um, but, yeah, I mean, with that no-hitter in game four, I mean, that – I mean, you had to put up hits. Um, and that's not what they did in that game. And with that, with Harper and um, um, Schwarber, uh, they have Schwarber leading off, which I think is a good, it's a good thing – it's a good idea because he has a power bat off the bat. Um, so – but I mean, I feel like the I feel like I hate to say it. I hate to say it on this podcast, but the Houston they are the Golden State Warriors of the MLB right now because they had everything. They had the pitching, they had the hitting. If Altuve is not having a good series, then Bregman steps up. If Bregman has a bad game, then um um then Alvarez has a good game. If Alvarez has a bad game, then um. And then, oh, last uh, night, Pena is the one that Pena had a good game. So, yep. I mean, like you said, I'll tell you, doesn't really have to have a good series in order for them to win. I mean, they they know how to hit. Um, and then when you combine the hitting with the pitching, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's scary. Um, I know they there, there has to be some way that the, <laughs> that Houston's cheating. I don't know. I don't want to say that. <laughs> 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 they probably have something in their headset or something like that. I don't know. No, but I think they're I think they're I think if they win it, they deserve it. Yeah. Um but a lot of Yankees fans like me are kinda, you know, have, you know, are pissed about the whole Houston scandal. But um yeah, I mean they are the warriors of in the MLB right now. I mean they had everything going their way. Um and yeah, I mean they they're clear on all on all cylinders. So we'll see how they uh how they do, mm-hmm. um, in the next two games. If Philly, I mean now it'll be huge if Philly can turn Game Six around and win, um, yeah. and then kind of force that Game Seven in Houston and kind of pin the Houston up against their own wall at their house. So I mean it'll be very interesting to see 
if the Phillies can rally, get some hits. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not. I'm trying to look to see who's on the mound on Game Six. Um, on the uh, mound, I think um, Zach Wheeler, and then for, for Zach Wheeler's pitching, and yeah. then Framber Valdez is pitching for the. Um, okay. So it's gonna be a good matchup. Um, I know. Win probability. Um, ESPN has Philly winning forty five point five percent, and then they have Houston winning fifty five point and a half percent. So obviously the the home favorite. So. Um, I mean, other than that, I mean, I think that, you know, it's going to be a good two games to watch out for. And, um, yeah, let's uh, kind of segue into our NFL talk. I mean, what a hell of a straight deadline we had. Mm-hmm. I felt like it was like NBA free agency, you know, players getting shipped here and there. It felt like that, you know, that, you know, that that rare time where we see players getting moved, like Claypool getting moved to the Bears, um, you know, uh, obviously before the deadline, McCaffrey got moved to San Francisco. Um, yep. So before we get to all that, um, let's do our week eight recaps. And after that, we'll do our week nine pick to, to get out of the way. And then we'll talk about, um, we'll end with like, you know, talking about the trade of and everything. So the week eight recap um, go to the NFL section. Okay, so week eight, uh, we had the Ravens and Buccaneers on Thursday night. Um, a lot of my peers have said that, oh, Brady has never lost three consecutive games in a row. He has, though. Uh, yeah, he has. Um, uh, Tom Brady, he's gonna beat the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. I mean, Lamar, I mean, they kind of like in the first half, they kind of like were kind of like. Um, they weren't really playing Ravens offense football in the first half. They were more like, I mean, obviously the Ra- the Buccaneers had a, a depleted cornerback room, and so mm-hmm. the Ravens were kind of using that to their advantage. But the Ravens' way is running the ball, and they ran the ball more in the second half. Um, with Gus Edwards and Key and Drake, um, and you know Tom Brady. I mean, with you know, Jason Pierre-Paul and Odafe and Patrick Queen, they rushed Tom Brady a couple of times. Um, a couple of flags that were gone against them, like the Leonard Fournette false start, was kind of a setback. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've seen, I mean, Lamar, like, ran, well, like, like 40 yards, that, that, that play where he ran it, drew people out and ran, ran out of bounds. Um, I think Lamar had go to the stats. Um, so Lamar had uh 238 yards, um, two touchdowns, no interceptions, was hacked three times. Um, Gus Edwards had 11 carries for 65 yards, Drake had seven carries for 62 yards, um, Jackson had nine carries for 43 yards, so he ran the ball really well on the Buccaneer side. Um, Tom Brady had 300 plus yards, uh, one touchdown, three sack, three sacks. Um, Fournette had nine carries for 24 yards. I can't have it because it was Leonard Fournette. I mean, you know, other than um, other than Rashad White, you know, he is you know that that running back course that you know Tom Brady relies on. So he only had nine carries for 24 yards, 
one touch, but he did have one touchdown. Um, Robert or Rashad White had four carries for 19 yards. So other overall, like the running was um bad. Um, Evans had six receiving yards or six yards or six receiving um for 123 yards. Uh, Godwin had 60 receiving for 75 yards. Uh, Fournette had three yards for 34 yards or three receiving for three, 34 yards. And down there, it's just I don't know, like I feel like they the Buccaneers deserve to lose this game because they like, they really didn't play well. Um, so I mean, do you have any thoughts on that game? I mean, I I thought the Ravens were gonna win it, and I I kind of want to see where the Bucks go now that we've understood the whole Tom Brady off the field stuff. You know getting the divorce and all that. What do we see from Tom Brady now? Because past couple of weeks, he's looked like a guy who is like a broken man who you could tell whatever was leading to the divorce was like <laughs> legitimately weighing on him. I'm not, no, right, I'm not right. saying. Oh, no, no, I know. I know, I I'm know. I'm not saying this. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he just looked like he wasn't having fun just being Tom Brady. Right, right. So now with that part being settled, which, you know, it's never a good thing to go through a divorce or anything like that. Yeah, right, right. Does he now channel more of himself into the team and try to fix whatever's wrong with them? You know, kind of, you know, if this is his last season, ride it out the best he can or – Or does it just completely drop off the deep end and the struggles continue? I fully think that they're going to win the division. I'm not going to put my faith in a 4-4 four and four Falcons team to win that division. So I'm not going to count them out. It's just that what we're seeing from a Tom Brady team is something we haven't seen in a while. Now, the only thing I'll say is the last time Brady went through a three-game losing streak, I think was 0-2 with the Patriots and they ended up winning the Super Bowl that year. They figured it out and they got through it. So that can't happen here because Tampa Bay has the talent to do it. It's just that will they put it together or not is what we'll have to see. And the Ravens did play well. You know, they're strictly a running football team. I mean, if that's what you're good at, go ahead and do it. If, if it ain't broken, don't fix it, right? My only question is, mm-hmm. if they get in the playoffs against the team, Buffalo, Kansas City, and it turns into a shootout, how does that running-centric offense translate? That's my only thing. I mean, we've, we were, I mean, when we played the Bills, I mean, we were up. I mean, That's we true. ran the ball against them. But then again, we lost the lead. Um, but we, I mean, people forget that we, we, we were running the ball. I mean, uh, with Von Miller on the on the opposite side. Yep. Um, you know, so yeah, I, I definitely get what you're saying. Where how long can that running? I mean, obviously you need to put the ball in the air against the Bills. You know, get them on their feet. Mm-hmm. Um, but and we'll get into that too because like Bateman's out for the year now. Yep. Um, I'm kind of mad that they didn't. You know, the I mean, I know that we got Deshaun Jackson. Um, but. You know, obviously, they said that at practice, he's been, he's been, Lamar has said that, and John Harbaugh has said that, you know, 
Jackson um, has looked good. Um, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't, he doesn't look, look, look like he's been playing like he's 30, he's 35. So we'll see how I think he's going to make his debut on Monday Night Football. Um, okay. I think I heard that uh, his Bateman's out, but um, if the Ravens, the only question is, I mean, I guess we'll talk about that when we get to free agency, but I guess this my question is like, if the Ravens knew that Bateman was going to be out because he did have that surgery on his uh, left frantic uh, foot injury. Uh, or a surgery, if the Ravens knew he was going to be out, why not trade for a, court or a wide receiver? Um, I know DJ Moore was in the talks. You know, Brandon Cooks was in there. Uh, Could have got heard, Brandon Cooks for a second-round pick. I've heard rumors um, that we could get Odell Beckham um, because, you know, he wants to go to a contender. But obviously, you know, he's he's with the uh, he's with the Rams, Bills, I've heard. Uh, the Ravens were one of the teams on the list. Um, but then again, he has to get healthy because I mean, that'd be a waste of a pick for any team if he has because when he got from, back from the injury, he played in the Super Bowl, he had a couple good plays, he had a, some really good plays, mm-hmm. um, scored some touchdowns. But you know, I'm afraid that if we sign him, he's gonna get hurt, yep. you know what I'm saying? Because like, he's not really like you know, trustworthy when it comes to like you know, that aspect of his playing game, you know, obviously, mm-hmm. injuries suck. Um, but I mean, obviously, yeah, if he's healthy, like maybe 90, 95% healthy, I mean, obviously I'll take even 80%, 85%, I would take Odell Beckham. Um, but you know, when it, but like you said, when it comes to the playoff time, because obviously Ravens could have a chance to get to the playoffs because our, our remaining schedule, we played teams that are, are below 500, um, on, other than the Bengals last game of the season. Um, so I know we have the Saints on Monday night. Then we have our bye week, which is well, well needed. Um, rest. Then we have the Broncos, Panthers, Falcons, Jaguars, I believe. I got to look at uh, Browns again. And I think we Steelers, we, we got to pay them twice still. Um, they have their issues. And then um, the Browns, and then they're, I think they get Watson back week 13 or week 11. Um, so that's in a couple week weeks. 13. Week 13. Because they get them the week after they're by they're against by the week. Texans. Yeah. Right. Um, and then we play the Bengals to wrap up the season. So, I mean, we do have a higher chance to get into the playoffs. Um, so, yeah, you're right. But, like, when it comes to, like, you know, the Bills have a pass-centric offense where – they can throw, the, throw it deep to, to, to Gabe Davis. They can throw mm-hmm. it deep to Stephon Diggs. Um, now, the only, I mean, with Bateman out, um, I know the question is, are they going to rely on Duvernay more? Um, is Jackson going to be their number one receiver? Or, or is he going to be pushing number two to the slot? Um, I think we got Porsche. Um, I mean, that's really all the receivers we, I mean, Andrews, I think he's hurt still, or he's coming yeah. back. I think um, so. I mean, but Leakley has stepped up um, in the tight end uh, room. Um, I know we have Gus Edwards. I know we're getting Marcus Williams back later in the season, our top cornerback. I mean, Ojabo's Bowser's back. So I mean, we're getting some key pieces back on the side of the ball. So um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely dive into the the free free or the trade deadline talk. Um, but like for week eight, um, so I guess the the Sunday night game that that was the Bills and Packers, correct? 
yes. in that game. Yeah. So how did you? Uh, I mean, went how I expected. Um, <laughs> Green Bay stinks. They'll continue to until they realize that they should become a run first offense, but uh, Aaron Rodgers ego will never allow that. And because of that, they're going to continue to struggle. You know, the Vikings are the better team in that division. The only thing working in the Packers favor is that we've seen the Vikings go through a good stretch, but then Kirk cousins becomes Kirk cousins and they lose a couple of games that they shouldn't. And that's, probably Green Bay's only way to get back into it because right now they're, what, like four games out? And and I fully expect the Vikings to keep winning, so I don't think Green Bay's going to get into the playoffs as a division winner. And as a wild card team, you know, the, you have the Seahawks, the 49ers, those two teams will probably get in, one division winner, one not. Um well, the Bucks, I said, will win the division, but you have the NFC East with the Giants, Eagles, Cowboys, looking like they'll all be playoff teams, at least right now. And I kind of think that by the end of the season, the Packers will be on the outside looking in, which a lot of people were not expecting coming into the season for sure. But I do not like what I see from them when I watch them play. And... This is what they get for, you know, sticking with Aaron Rodgers, who, you know, during the offseason when they had a bunch of young wide receivers come onto the team, he wanted to host Jeopardy and threatened to retire to become the new Jeopardy host instead of working with them. And now we're seeing where that connection just isn't there between he and his receivers. Yeah, I mean, like that game, you know, he, Aaron Rodgers was wasn't looking like himself. He was getting sacked. Um, you know, um, that's how that's that's Aaron Rodgers this year. Yeah, he yeah, this just year, like yeah. how he's looked all season. Right, right, and like you know, the Bills obviously are the the more scarier teams in the NFL. Because um, yep. I think, like I said before, like Josh Allen is playing with a chip on his shoulder. Um, he's playing hungry. Um, and you know. I like that that beef between Stefan Diggs and um Jair Alexander. That, that I mean, you know, how they were chirping at each other um, pregame. Um, as I mean, Diggs owned him that that game. I mean, he he didn't he, he couldn't stop him yeah. um, that game. So I mean, um, and Jair Alexander, he was all he didn't own nothing. No, uh, but obviously, you know, Stefan Diggs did got the W. He got the L. Um, yeah, so that game was kind of, you know, I knew the Bills were going to win that game. Um, speaking of, um, so the Monday night game, and, you know, obviously the Bengals beat the Browns. Yep. We don't really go much into detail about this game, 32-13. Um, yeah. Miles Garrett, just as Zekna, from Stranger Things on Halloween, <laughs> um, he posted that, um, uh, I think at his house he had like the I'm not, I'm not sure if you watched the show uh, Stranger Things. Yeah. He had the Vecna with the uh, Joe Burrows getting like you know hypnotized. He hypnotized him in that game. Um, was in his face all game. Um, and I knew the Bengals. I mean, I, 
I, I, I hate the Bengals to win that game because they're behind us in the standings, but I mean, it's kind of a toss up, or not toss up, but it's more like a guaranteed win for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, let's talk about your Patriots, man. They beat the Jets. Yeah, it was, it was an interesting game because, you know, Zach Wilson continues to struggle against New England. He threw some ridiculous interceptions. But the Patriots do still have some questions to answer, only because their offense just isn't clicking right now. Uh, I do think it's something that they can figure out. They they have to figure out a way to get Mac Jones' confidence back up. He he looks like a guy who at times will drop back and constantly survey the field. You know, he'll go one way, go back that way, and that gets him in trouble. Last year, what made him so effective as a quarterback was he would drop back, he'd make one read, get rid of the ball. He's not doing that right now, and they have to figure out a way to get him to do that again. But definitely a big win against the Jets team that's having a really good year. And they're back to 4-4. Four and four. They have, what, the Colts this weekend. So a chance to get over 500 finally and maybe push for like a final wild card spot, but it's definitely going to be tough for the Patriots this year. But I like what I see out of Ramondre Stevenson. He's been really, really good. He's established himself as a frontline running back. And yeah, the Jets can be a good team. They just have to get the quarterback position figured out. And um, I know we'll talk about trade deadline stuff, but you know, they decided to keep Elijah Moore, surprisingly. And I don't even think he was a factor in the Patriots game. I don't remember him getting called. So I'm sure his frustrations are just going to continue because he's still not getting the ball. I mean, that's a maybe that was a guy that Baltimore maybe could have gotten out of New York. Never know. Yeah. There was a lot of receivers that were, you know, that wanted, you know, Judy Moore, Brandon Cooks. Um, I know Kyle Fuller, I think I heard him floating around, but he's injury prone. Yeah, he's um, always hurt. So, um, I mean, other games, Saints freaking, um, they um, spanked the Raiders 24-0. Um, blah. That was kind of surprising that the Raiders couldn't score. Uh, yeah. And they're in the red zone, I think, and they didn't score. Yeah. But Adams right there. So. Um, Eagles, no-brainer, defeated the Steelers. Uh, what else? What other games? Um, Jaguars. 20, oh, that game was um, – I think that was one of the London games. Yeah. Uh, go to the box score on that one. I mean, Russell had 252 yards, um, one touchdown, one interception, lost that three times, but had a 84, 84.3 rating. So he didn't really play that well. Um, but it wasn't terrible. It wasn't terrible. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, Lawrence had a terrible, even more terrible rating, 52.2. Uh, mm-hmm. had two interceptions, which was a, the last one was a, was crucial. Um, yeah. that, that last pick sealed the game. Or interception sealed the game. Um, I mean, um, Etienne Jr. had 24 carries for 156 yards, so he pounded that ball. 
uh, now they, they trade away Chubb um, to the Miami. So yeah. um, I don't know what they were thinking on that. I mean, obviously they drafted him for to, to be that centerpiece of that defense. Mm-hmm. And um, I think Miami won that trade for sure. Yeah. Unless if he wanted out yeah. or something, then I could say that Denver – by letting him go, it could be a win-win situation. But right now, it doesn't make sense that, you know, a team that's been struggling all year with a defense that's been at least showing up, and then you trade your best defensive player away. But maybe we'll find out a little more about it in the offseason, maybe why he got traded, but it seemed a little weird to me. Yeah. Um, so let's just dive into um the week nine pickums. I know, I mean, I had my first game. I think my lock was the Eagles and Texans, which they beat them. I mean, the Texans they they put up a good fight in the first half. No, they were they were you know passing the ball really well, um, putting up touchdowns. But but at the, the end Texans of the day, have it, talent. It's just they just don't have like they're paying the, the the better teams. Yeah, they just have to. They just need a couple more pieces to fit in there. But right. They're 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 on the rise. It's just that it just doesn't look good right now in terms of wins. Right, right. Um, so I, I I had the Eagles as my lock. Um, they won twenty nine seventeen. Um, actually, it's closer. It's closer. Is it was a close score than what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to blow them out the water. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, they got it done. Um, now the next game, or let's do the Sunday night game. Sunday night, it is. It's uh, Titans Chiefs. Titans Chiefs. So I think that's gonna be. Um, I think I had no. Did I have that in my lock? I'm trying to see if I had the Titans out of my or Chiefs out of my lock. I think I did. No, no, yeah, I think I had the Chiefs as my lock because they were 20, 20 and a half point favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, then I had. Then I, so for my upset, I had um, the Falcons over the Chargers. Uh, I'm still standing by that. Um, I feel like the Dolphins are going to beat the Bears. Yeah. Bengals should beat the Panthers. But they put up a good fight against the Falcons. So, I mean, that's a tricky game for the Bengals. Packers should, should handle the Lions. They should, in quotation marks. Yeah. The Colts. Should beat you know the Patriots should beat the Colts. Um, I'll, I'm a I'm a slipped up there. I'm said the Colts should beat the Patriots, but <laughs> the Patriots should beat the Colts. I think um, so. Yeah. The Bills should beat the Jets. The Vikings yeah. should beat the Commanders because they're six and one. Jaguars. That's what I'm saying. I think the Commanders beat the Vikings. Oh, for okay, so you had some of the big three podcasts right there. Taylor um, Heineke, he just yeah, he just does something to Washington, but yeah. And then Terry McLaughlin. Yep. Scary Terry. Scary Terry. And then uh, who's the uh, – is Brian Roberts, is he playing? Uh, well, Robinson, the running back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Rob- yeah Brian yeah, Robinson. He, yeah, yeah. He's yep. playing. Yep. Um, I mean, I expect the Bills to beat the Jets. Mm-hmm. Division game. Um, but so Ravens on uh, Monday night, Ravens Saints. I had the Ravens winning that game. Um, should. I, this should, this will be the the debut of Raquan Smith. Um, that was a really, really good pickup 
um, for the Ravens, um, having him and Queen in the middle. Yep. Um, uh, Raquan leads the league in sacks. He's up there with, I think, only Bobby Wagner with the most sacks in the league. Um, he's a two-time Pro Bowler, um, and he brings that, you know, that 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 fire to the um, the team that we need. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so he is making his debut. Um, and I think Deshaun Jackson making his debut. Yeah. Um, so I do have the Ravens beating the Saints because any daughter that quarterback, Winston is still out. Um, so and Michael Thomas is out for the year, so I mean, he hasn't played in like yeah, he hasn't three played years, really. Yeah, that's so. not surprising, but I mean, obviously, people were so hyped that he, he was back, but obviously, Dalton's the quarterback, and I mm-hmm. see Raquan Smith and you know, Ty's Bowser making his debut because he was hurt, um, dealing with an ACL tear. He's back, so they are going to get to the quarterback, and Dalton. And I think Campbell is back because he was sick against the Buccaneers. Um, so that was a big piece that the the Ravens were missing on the on the D line. Um, so I just feel like you know they are two and a half point favorites, the Ravens. I think on ESPN, but I do have them beating the Saints. Um, any other games that we missed? No, I mean. I know the Rams Bucks game's getting a lot of attention only because both teams are struggling, and this is seen as a game that you know will set somebody's season even further back. But yeah, other side of that, I think we, you know, touched on everything really. So, so the trade deadline. So the last thing, the, the trade deadline. Any yep. surprise trades that you saw? That I mean, the Chubb one, um, the Claypool one. Um, any other trades that you saw that were oh the Kevin really one where he wasn't even he hasn't really he can't even play. Yeah, I I that's that's one clearly Jacksonville's trading for him for next season hopefully. Next season, yeah. Uh, the Hawkinson trade is interesting to me because it's within the within the division. The Vikings needed a tight end, so. They may have overpaid for Hawkinson, but it's because of the need. And Detroit capitalized on that and got a lot of picks in return, so that's a win-win situation there. Um, I mean, outside of that, the other big move... I mean, Claypool to Chicago doesn't really do anything for me because they traded Smith, Roquan, Roquan Smith, they traded Robert Quinn... Oh, Robert Quinn. Yeah, but then they bring in Chase Claypool. For what reason? Um, I mean, Chicago, they they don't know what they're doing right now. And you look at the Philadelphia Eagles with um, Jalen Hurts, and that, that, that needs to be the model that Chicago takes with Justin Fields. The way that the Eagles have built that team around – Hurts is what they need to do in Chicago, but they haven't done it yet. And they're going to have a bunch of money in the offseason, and I want to see how they spend it because next season is going to be pivotal for Fields' growth and for that team in terms of for those fans in Chicago, they're going to need to start seeing some results next season. 
But, right, and it's going to be interesting to see about the Raquan Smith because, like, obviously, um, Raquan is coming up on his uh, he's only 25. Uh, yep. I thought he was older than that, I thought he was a veteran, but obviously, he's 25. Mm-hmm. I, think he, I think he's Lamar's age, or even I think a year older, a year younger. Um, so he's on his final year of his rookie contract, I believe. So, yep. the problem is, I mean, I mean, obviously, Lamar is the man in town, he's a quarterback. So, the question mm-hmm. is, are they gonna? Is Raquan a, a one-year rental? I'm assuming not because Ravens signed him to, you know, be with, you know, the help that defense, help our defense. But then again, he had Lamar. And plus the thing is they're both self-represented. Um, and I think Raquan, I think when asked about that, he said that, you know, it's a gift that, you know, he was like, yeah, some of these, you know, Asians should be getting paid. But, like, you know, it's good to have your own representation. Um, it's not like he's – representing himself he has his own team around him like i think i think lamar has his mom yeah um, as his agent i think yep. um behind the scenes so the question is are they, are they going to sign raquan first or they're going to sign lamar first i mean they're both on expiring contracts but now yeah. and they could sign the they could sign again in addition to raquan and their franchise franchise have lamar um, but and keep them on the roster. I think they're gonna do that twice, I, I believe. Yeah. Um, but honestly, the, the last resort is to franchise tag Lamar. Um, but you know, that's a big question to the offseason. Like, what will they do first? Will they sign Raquan? Because I'm assuming the Ravens, no one's gonna harm on EGC or the Costa. They just they just don't want to bring Raquan in for one year and or half the season. They want to, you know, do that. Defense with Marcus Williams and now Raquan and now Ojabo's been to play now. Um, they're drafted that from Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, Biles are back in the play. Queen, Mark, um, Peters, Humphreys. I mean, they want to. So I, I don't think it's a one year rental. Uh, I think, you know, we're obviously he hasn't played for at the Raven yet. He'll play on Monday. So we'll see how he fits. But he play, he plays like a Raven, like watching his highlights. He doesn't play like a bear. He played like a Raven, right here. Like, oh, well, I mean, <laughs> the Bears are known for linebackers. Yeah, like so Earl Acker and everything. He, he fit in that city. It's just that they, for some reason, decided to trade him, even though they have a bunch of free money, so they could re-sign him. Right, but they chose to trade him. I, I don't get it. Maybe they, maybe he felt like they weren't winning games, and maybe he just didn't see them because he wanted to go to a contender. Yeah, and the Ravens bring that, you know. Yeah, I don't blame him if he wanted to leave, because Chicago is one of the. I mean, going right now, they're probably one of the worst run franchises in the NFL, besides the Lions. <laughs> well, a lot of people say Washington only because of you know Dan Snyder, who thankfully looks like he's selling the team finally. Which so glad he's doing that. Which then, oh, yeah. with him, with that whole holding it over the owners, like, I got dirt on you guys. What was the point of saying that if you're just going to sell the team anyway? I don't get it. Uh, I don't know. Another, that's another story for another, another day. But, yeah, he I mean, is. Uh, NFL, yeah, he is. He is selling the team. glad he's going to be gone. No longer yeah. yeah. I, feel, I feel that. But, um. I think did we cover everything we needed to cover for tonight? I know that Kyrie kind of took off the whole, the whole show. But yeah, I mean that was. It was well, I mean that's going to be the story for the next much, couple of days. So, right, right, yeah. So, um, I think that concludes tonight's show. 
um, of this JJ Sports Talk. Um, I'm your host, Jordan Jean-Louis, um, a.k.a. Jordan the Big J. Jean-Louis, I got my boy Kyle Edwards. Um, you know, any final thoughts um, before we head out? Uh, I guess just have to say Tennessee versus Georgia this weekend. I can't one. wait to see that one to see, you know, how Tennessee can do after beating Alabama a couple of weeks ago. Oh, now they have to try to beat another top tier team in, in Georgia. That's going to be tough. If they pull that off, they will be a lock for the playoff. And uh, their quarterback, what's his name? Like Hendon Hooker will probably become a name that will shoot up draft boards in terms of the NFL. And, I think it's a great opportunity to get Tennessee football back on the map because they've been floundering near the bottom of the SEC for so many years now. I can't, I can't believe the Tennessee beat us, man. After that whack field goal, like it was, it went, it went this way, headed this yeah. way. <laughs> well, the SEC but. needed this though because every year it's Alabama, Georgia, Alabama, Georgia. There was never a number three team that you could say was actually top tier. Right now you're right. getting it this year, so. Yeah, um, I guess my final thoughts is you know we're kind of in the thick of you know the NFL season. Yep. Um, basically, you know teams are having their bye week, so it's kind of like you know, kind of like that means that we're getting gearing towards the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. NBA is still fresh and early. I know basketball, college basketball starts I think next week. Um, I think Duke plays their first game. I think next week. Some think, teams or, have already started. Are started? Yeah, I think. Yeah, it's uh, like some of the smaller schools it, are actually is it, playing. Is now. it actual games or like preseason? I think it's actual games. I actual think. games. Um. So yeah, we're we're, we're gonna be talking about that in a couple yep. of weeks. Like college basketball, football's about to end. Um. You know, we've got a couple more games left in the season of college football. Like Kyle said, um, Tennessee has kind of shaken up the whole AP polls. Um. Yep. You know, with them. Um, upsetting Alabama. Um, yeah, you're right. That game is going to be crucial. Um, Georgia um, and Tennessee. It's going to be a much watched game. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, we're kind of like in the bulk and thick of the sports. So, I mean, what a great time to be a sports fan, a sports supporter. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, this will do it for the show. I mean, like, you can find the show on Spotify, Apple Music, um, Amazon Music. Um, the live stream is always on my YouTube channel, the Digital Sports Talk Show channel, um, and also the Facebook Live or Facebook um, streaming. And then uh, I did put it on Twitch too now. Um, so we're live on the, on Facebook, uh, YouTube, and Twitch. Um if Kyle, do you, you have you say you have some podcasts too, right? The pigskin. Yes, I have. Um, uh, so big three with you. The big three. Tuesday seven o'clock. I have pregame pigskin. Yep. Thursday nights seven o'clock, and then I have my own show, uh, chomping at the bit. I don't do any live streams. It's just like recorded stuff. But recorded stuff. Yeah. Gosh, gotcha, man. So uh, yeah, that concludes tonight's show. Um, thank you all for, you know, joining the live and tuning in. Um, and don't be afraid to like, you know, if you're talking about Kyrie or something else, or like, don't be afraid to like comment, yeah. comment your thoughts. Cause you know, we love that feedback. We love that interaction. So don't be afraid. 
um, obviously keep the comments, you know, age appropriate. Don't, you know, say yeah, random be, stuff. Be respectful. But be respectful. Um, but we take all the comments um, and we'll, you know, reveal the comment on the live show and, uh, you know. Um, and if uh, people want to reach out to you, like, how, how do people, you have, like, Instagram, Facebook, or obviously you have Facebook, like, yeah. Twitter. Um, well, so, YouTube channel is Chomping at the Bit. My Instagram is just my name, like, Kyle.Edwards. Okay. Um, yep. Then, like, Chomping at the Bit on Twitter. It's, yeah, it's either Chomping at the Bit or my name, and you'll find me everywhere. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, well, this will include tonight's show. Um, we'll see, you'll see me and uh Kyle back on the Sports Empire show, the Big Three Podcast with Dylan Reed. Um, so stay tuned for that, and uh, we will be back next Friday. So thank y'all for tuning in, and um, it was a good show, and good night. Yep, good night, guys. <laughs>